Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Career Catharsis Show, where I chat about workplace wellness and career transformation. I'm your host, Neha Koram. Today, I will be chatting with the exceptionally charismatic, yet humble, sales and staffing leader, Sloan Barber, currently Chief Revenue Officer at Flower Hire, powering the cannabis industry with top talent. We'll be shedding some light on an otherwise opaque industry and channeling some wisdom into any job seekers hoping to join the cannabis industry. So excited to be chatting with you today, Sloan, about your career in the cannabis industry. So before diving into what you've been up to so far and what you're building at Flower Hire and Engine, would love for listeners to learn a little bit about your background in recruiting. Hey, thanks, Neha. It's great to be here. It's great to see you again. Um, And I really appreciate what you're doing with the show. Uh, so I started my career uh, in 2006 in uh, Chicago because I'm originally from Detroit. And so it was a short jaunt away. And I started as an agency technology recruiter. So about the most entry level job in recruiting that you could possibly get, uh, making, you know, 100 dials a day, speaking to dozens of candidates a week and really just uh, trying to identify great full time hires for technology companies, banks. I mean, everyone is hiring software engineers at this point. And obviously that's continued to be true as that industry has grown tremendously. And I grew my career in that industry, um, in technology and as a tech recruiter. And I actually was at um, that company that I started at called Motion Recruitment uh, for almost 11 years. Um, from entry level to a managing director role and uh, had got to the chance to move all over the country and lived in Los Angeles for a few years and then lived and where I still am in New York City uh, for the last 10 years and uh, really helped companies of all sizes hire over the course of that time, you know, 10,000 plus software engineers and, and, and leaders, uh, CTOs and other uh, VPs of product and technical leaders uh, in the industry. And uh, it was great, amazing experience that ended up getting me the job at Hired, uh, where I was VP of sales. And that was, you know, the same thing, helping engineers find great jobs, just using a lot of software, technology, and automation to help improve that process and and create transparency. And, uh, you know, that was really the first 12, 13 years of my career was all focused in the tech space. And that's really where I cut my teeth. Fantastic. I know you've had quite a journey in recruiting and knowing you, you're, you're quite a shark at it. So I would love to hear, I would love to hear about, you know, what led you to flower hire and tell me about what you've been up to in the past 18 months. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, I found myself looking for uh, a new path uh, in the summer of 2019. And uh, after you know, a long time in the technology industry, um, I found myself looking uh, for something new. And uh, I ended up just taking some time to travel. Uh, and I went to uh, Colorado for a little bit and met up with some friends who were in the industry, just learning about it, really just not even intending to do much of anything other than visit some friends and relax. and you know, did some meditation in the mountains and just really kind of 
recentered for that sort of mm. next stage of career um, after what was a successful career in technology and a career that I, I'm so thankful to have had. But I was at the point where I, I was definitely yearning for something new and something different. And to try to find that same spirit that I had found in technology in like 2005, six to 2000, like, 15 like I was really especially in New York 2010 to 2015 was like a building of a community kind of from the ground up mm. and that was really appealing to me and I really enjoyed that um, and so I ended up on my travels across the west coast I ended up in Santa Rosa which is in northern California mm. at a, a event called Hall of Flowers which if um, you're in the cannabis industry you've probably heard of and if not it's like the most magical <laughs> the most magical industry event you could imagine it's it's you know 300 vendors all brands and cannabis companies mm. and thousands of people from the industry go to learn about new products and and sample products i mean it's an oasis if you if you love cannabis uh and you know having been a, a consumer of the plant and 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 really a consumer of the plant from from more of a wellness and medical perspective mm -hmm. uh from my point of view um and the way that i utilized it anxiety and for controlling sort of ADHD very effectively uh, and very professionally for, for over a decade, I was looking at it from both a capitalist perspective and also sort of a idealist perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw that really manifest in front of me at Hall of Flowers. And uh, I met up with David Belsky, who is the CEO and founder of Flower Hire, um, who's also a person that I worked with for 10 years in the tech recruiting industry. So I knew him previously and I sort of surprised him there. And I said, Hey man, what you're doing is amazing. This industry needs so much talent and so many people are going to be eager mm -hmm. to do what I just did and probably go through some life journey where they recognize that, you know, maybe there's a better use of their time to unlock something that has true potential to change the world for the better. Right. And not just build mm -hmm. another algorithm. So I said, you know, I'd love to be a part of this and help expand in the East coast. And I'd love to take on sales and marketing. And so I joined, you know, really a couple weeks after that, uh, after meeting the team in Los Angeles where Flower Hired is headquartered at the beautiful Manhattan beach, uh, on the beach at the flower house, as we fondly call it. And mm -hmm. I was, I was just totally blown away by the energy of the mm -hmm. industry and the enthusiasm that people had, uh, for what they were doing and, um, the, the variety of different, um, individuals that, that, that you met with. Um, but everyone was eager to tell their story and eager to share and eager to build a community together. And that was something that, you know, tech, I think kind of lost a little bit in my view. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I signed and, and, you know, the end of the end of 2019, I, I joined as chief revenue officer and, um, I came back to New York and, uh, then <laughs> COVID hit and we all know about oh, yeah. 2020. Um, Feels like but I'll tell there. you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, God bless. I'm glad to see that you're happy and healthy. And, you know, here we are and we're light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, April of 2020, it was a little bit of a different feeling. And, you know, uh, we had to make very difficult decisions for the business at Flower Hire. And David was a courageous leader in how we, we navigated that. And we really buttoned it up and said, look, this is a short term blip. And turns out it was even shorter than we expected because 420 of 2020 was like one of the, that week and the week following were two of the strongest weeks for cannabis sales in history. Mm -hmm. And then people recognized the industry wasn't going anywhere. And then in May and June, our clients that we already had strong relationships with started to reopen positions. 
And, uh, and we've grown since then pretty much every single month, every single quarter, quarter over quarter. And wow. we've expanded the team to nearly 20 people across seven states and have cleared 400 placements into the cannabis industry. So it's been quite a, quite a ride. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, something about the pandemic that I've been noticing, and I think we all kind of know about, about, you know, uh, periods of economic uncertainty will typically, you know, you'll see liquor, liquor stocks rising, right? And I don't think it's any different with the cannabis industry, especially with a lot of states legalizing it. And here in Canada as well, I think, you know, I saw, I saw a funny post the other day about how it's illegal to, you know, sit down with your friends and have dinner, but, you know, at least it's legal to smoke some pot. So, so it's just a funny time that we're living in. Um, but I really want to lean into something that you mentioned about the wellness aspect. And, you know, wellness is also a really big booming industry. And obviously this is sort of like, would you call it like an intersection or like a subcategory or how would you kind of, you know, um, define the cannabis industry? Like, is it, is it like a subcategory? Is it its own beast or, you know, how would you even kind of talk about some common roles and titles and responsibilities within this, within this space? It's a, it's a pointed observation, um, and I'm glad you mentioned it about, you know, sales of certain things, what people traditionally refer to as vices, uh, going up during um, times of uncertainty, depressions and recessions and pandemics, turns out. Um, what's interesting, though, is that the growth of cannabis compared to alcohol is it's just not even, you know, close. I mean, it's, it's many multiples more consumer growth on the cannabis side, and alcohol is certainly had a comeback and people were definitely enjoying alcohol during uh, the, the pandemic and will continue to enjoy alcohol in, in certain settings. But the growth of alcohol has, has declined sort of steadily and sort of started to, especially with younger generations, it's much less popular. And it's because, you know, alcohol kills tens of thousands of people. And it's, it's, it's not exactly like the friendliest substance on your body, as anyone knows, who's been hung over. So when you ask that, that's a, I say that because it's important to make a distinction with cannabis that mm. part of cannab cannabis competes with alcohol. Cannabis also competes with Tylenol, right? right? So, you know, alcohol doesn't compete with Tylenol. They're more complimentary, right? But like you mm. could, you know, take an edible instead of taking six Advil because, you know, you have arthritis or because mm -hmm. you have, you know, soreness from working out or exercise. So you take high CBD cannabis and that relieves your pain in a more uh, natural and fulfilling mm -hmm. and holistic way than taking, you know, Tylenol. And so you think about the, the sort of category and it's, okay, well, it's a CPG product then if it's competing with Tylenol, but it's also in Epidiolox, which is uh, GW Pharma's product that was just sold for, I think, a billion dollars to um, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, that their core product is a cannabis-based, um, uh, high, high, very highly effective pharmaceutical uh, for epilepsy. And mm. it's incredibly clinically effective, and it's cannabis. I mean, you know, right. there's elements of pharmaceutical synthesizing and, and certainly a lot of research, but it, that's the industry too. And then it's the, like Jerry Garcia brand, you know, Garcia handpicked that, you know, $18 beautiful pre-rolls that, you know, are really something that you do with friends at a special occasion. So maybe you're competing with a cigar, right? And maybe you're competing with a bottle of, 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 of you know, Johnny Walker Blue that you get to your friends. Instead, you get them $100 worth of like high-end pot. So- mm -hmm. 
like the industry competes in, in, in kind of in every element of life when you really start to unpack the research that you've seen into the plant and the recognition that the compounds of the plant, cannabinoids, um, are specifically designed by nature to interact with our own endocannabinoid system. And therefore, perhaps that's all sort of part of this symbiosis and the homeostasis that we can create from living in harmony with the plant. And I'm going sort of way into the high-end yeah. cannabis side, but I think it's important to understand that because now you can ground yourself in the fact that this is a really good thing for society if you understand truly what the benefits are. And now you can find and identify your ideal place. So maybe you're focused on the fitness wellness category of cannabis, which is high CBD, lotions and balms. And now you say, if I come from a beauty industry and I've sold, you know, cosmetics or I've sold high-end, you know, uh, luxury lotions in a retail setting, I could probably sell you know, topicals and other cannabis products to a more wellness oriented consumer, I want to see what dispensaries exist in my area that cater to that and see if they have GM or other openings and start sort of maybe in a more junior role and work your way up. But if you have a pharmaceutical background and you've done drug research for 10 years, the same thing applies. Like go look at GW Pharma and other organizations that are continuing to pop up and other firms, the big firms that are investing in this research in cannabis products and find your path there. Um, it, it's so varied, which is part of why we're creating what we're creating with engine and careers in cannabis.com is to really help people find their fit in an industry that's so revolutionary in many ways. Absolutely. It is revolutionary. And I think, you know, we're only scratching the surface of, you know, um, what industries we're going to see, you know, talent in cannabis emerge. So with that in mind, what are some particular market trends that job seekers or recruiters in the cannabis industry sort of broadly should be aware of? So the first thing to be aware of is that this industry is going to create a million jobs in the next decade in, in the U.S. and in North America, certainly more than that. Um, you look at that compared to of any other traditional sector and it's explosive mind blowing growth. Mm -hmm. um, right now there's anywhere between 300,000 and half a million people employed in the industry, depending on whose data you're looking at and when there's no federally tracked data in the U S about cannabis employment because it's still federally illegal. Mm -hmm. So I bring all this up because the, the average job seeker um, who could be great for the industry. And a lot of people are, cause there's a, there's a really and truly a fit for everyone in cannabis. Um, they don't know where to start. And they don't really know what to ground themselves in, in terms of, of how they should look, what they should look for. So you just know that there's jobs there. Now they may not be in your state or your geography. So you have to sort of, re, uh, um, you know, educate yourself and understand uh, where they are and how you maybe can get there, or how you can help advocate to have those jobs created in your area. So the trends that we're seeing is states, uh, more states in the U S than ever before in November voted to legalize um, five states in, at once and New Jersey and Arizona, the sort of the biggest two out of that uh, for full adult use, uh, which means that anyone over 21 can purchase, and consume uh, a certain amount of cannabis that's legally produced and highly regulated uh, with, you know, exceptional safety measures that would be comparable to organic food. So it's a very robust industry that needs to hire everything from a, a bud tender to a cultivator to a driver uh, to on the more corporate side of things, you see a lot of people from big agriculture that were working on seed productions or growing raspberries at scale coming into a state like New Jersey because they're going to have to grow tens of thousands of pounds of legal cannabis in a 
very repeatable, scalable way. Um, so you may have experience in agriculture or horticulture or in some sort of a formalized big ag environment that could translate well. And a completely opposite type of career path, like someone who did corporate uh, retail marketing for mm -hmm. the Gap or Urban Outfitters is going to find a home because these cannabis dispensaries, uh, of which there are thousands, you know, need to compete to market their products to consumers. And then, of course, you need a retail operations team uh, mm -hmm. that have worked in high volume stores like a you know, um, like a like a very high volume flagship Starbucks, right? Mm -hmm. That processes 10,000, 20,000 orders a day. Because if you look at square footage sales in the US, top 20 retail stores by square footage, it's like half of them are cannabis dispensaries. Mm -hmm. So these are incredibly high volume uh, operations that can be incredibly sophisticated, right? At scale, when you look at the corporate mm -hmm. cannabis jobs. And then there's this sort of whole beautiful uh, element that really needs to, can't, can't be, um, you know, dismissed is like the community side of cannabis of like the small dispensaries, the small delivery companies, the small uh, growers and the craft cultivators. These are community organizations and there's a lot of work that needs to be done from a social equity perspective to make sure that these licenses and this funding is given out fairly and in particular to communities of color which were more uh impacted by the failed war on drugs and were disproportionately mm. negatively affected um but there's a lot of movement of people working really hard to bring that to life and to make sure that these communities can set up small and uh, but fast growing facilities can employ members of the community and people that have been imprisoned for nonviolent cannabis crimes can actually get gainful employment in this new economy. So you look at what I mentioned there is kind of like three mm. or four or five or 10 even different worlds of who's coming into the space. And that's really why we were inspired to do what we do with careersincannabis.com is to really help people find that fit. Because even though when I talk about it, I'm like, it's confusing and it's, it's, mm. it's, it's overwhelming. Um, but it's all in, in, in the best way because the opportunity truly is there. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many different angles and something that you mentioned about, you know, I would say um, sort of that holistic approach that you said in the beginning. I think if we do kind of look at it from a bird's eye view, there are, you know, opportunities for people to look at this, like not just um, in terms of uh you know, what sector, um, but then also at in terms of levels, right? So some of these companies, there's going to be new companies emerging and they're going to have to have their senior leadership, their legal counsel. And these folks also, you know, will have to then sort of um, absorb what is sort of a new new industry that is highly regulated, yet things are kind of evolving. So it's quite dynamic. Um, mm -hmm. So what is your advice for anyone that's looking to step into the industry? So I imagine there's a lot of these new jobs being created and there might not be a lot of information out there. So what's your advice to someone who's looking to step into the industry, whether they're, you know, seeking to either start a new business or join a company that's, that's in business? Well, the first thing you should do is browse, you know, the jobs that are available at careersincannabis.com and flowerhire.com mm. because there we do have, um, opportunities uh, hundreds of them across the country and and soon you know thousands um and we'll 
actually have a platform uh, at careersincannabis.com that uh, job seeker will be able to use to uh, fill out a profile and take some psychographic quizzes that are built by the team at Engine and um, do specifically Dr. Valerie Frise, our chief technology officer, who has extensive experience in, in psychographic and skills matching uh, for the last six years previous to this um, at a company called Good & Co. And so she's building an exceptional product that will, in a very straightforward way, help people really identify what positions they're the best fit for in cannabis. Um, and, and, and I say that because there's a few other great resources. I would recommend Greenflower for training and education. They do incredible work. Um, but, but there's not, I mean, there's not a lot of, that's why we're building it. There's not a lot of right. resources that are immediately reachable and available. Now you can, you can, and every job seeker and anyone looking to break in the industry, you know, should, should, uh, you know, do their research and just simply Google local dispensaries. And it's something as simple as going to ask the dispensary, you know, if they're hiring, because oftentimes they are, and at least mm -hmm. you can get some information. And almost always these people are incredibly kind. And like people who work in the industry are truly special human beings in a, in a, in the best possible way and really truly believe in what they're doing. And I've really never met anyone in the industry that I felt was, you know, um, a malicious or mean person. So like people will help, but, this is part of the challenge, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's this huge supply and demand imbalance from a marketplace perspective. So many people want to consume and buy safe, high quality cannabis in whatever um, mode of consumption they choose, whether it's a beverage or an edible or pre-rolled joint or flour or um, a pill, right? Um, and, and you have that incredible supply and demand imbalance. And then you also have this incredible demand for jobs and for hiring and for people to join the industry. But, and you also have a lot of job seekers, but it's that match that's been very hard because of the opacity. So LinkedIn has been the best social platform from a standpoint of embracing and allowing cannabis content because right. Instagram, Facebook, Google, they'll remove content. Sometimes wow. even, I mean, if you're trying to sell cannabis products illegally, then of course I would understand that's thoughtful moderation um, and protecting your users. But mm -hmm. when you're trying to advocate for the industry or talk about jobs, like that content can be removed too. And you can't really always effectively promote it because cannabis is involved and it's still federally illegal. So LinkedIn has been a really great place to embrace a cannabis community. So if you're on LinkedIn, um, you know, follow hashtag cannabis or hashtag cannabis industry or hashtag cannabis jobs, and you'll come up with uh, some really valuable uh, content uh, from some, you know, dozens of really great thought leaders in the space, and it can really help you navigate, you know, where your where your home might be and where you might be able to find opportunity. Thank you for that. Yeah, I definitely think that this is a mission-driven industry. So to your point, a lot of the folks that are in the industry, you know, they, they're coming from it from a revolutionary, visionary perspective. And there is so much opportunity to, you know, create, create new products, create new efficiencies, build new jobs. Um, and really interesting point about content sort of being censored on a lot of platforms because it's you know not a federal federally legal substance yet so there's still a lot of barriers and battles to be fought there even though the demand is quite high um so thanks for reiterating that point and then something that you mentioned about opacity so yeah i i think one of the reasons i also wanted to chat with you is because i personally did not know much about the industry so thanks for shedding light on that um, so shifting gears to your personal career story, would mm. love to know what's been, you know, a highlight of your career so far. 
Well, I can say just working in cannabis for the last 18 months has been sort of the highlight of my career. And I think it's going to be my career for, uh, Mm-hmm. in perpetuity. I mean, I'm very committed to what I believe is being on the right side of history and um, mm-hmm. supporting an industry that can create hundreds of thousands of well-paying jobs across this country when it's desperately needed, generate um, really important and meaningful tax revenues, um, create a safer marketplace for products that are already being bought. There's 80 to $100 billion worth of um, informal market cannabis purchased on you know in, in in the country in the u.s every single year um and there's around 20 billion dollars worth of legal mm-hmm. cannabis purchased um in 2020 so one 20 billion dollars large industry wow. considering it came from basically nothing five years ago and mm-hmm. uh it's growing to minimally be a hundred billion dollars if you just get the illicit market and if over the course of the decade that it takes you or more to make the big dent in that put safe really high quality regulated product on the market, uh, tax it at an appropriate amount to uh, do things like build roads and schools and infrastructure and invest in community education and specifically invest in uh, marginalized communities and communities of color that were disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. And you now have a vehicle in which to help those people both get work and and also uh, repair broken communities. Um, I see that as like the highlight, uh, just to be involved in that. Um, and I, I see it as an urgent opportunity, an urgent opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use the term urgent sort of, you know, in, in a, in a really important way because there are tens of thousands of people still languishing in jails and, and in prisons around the country. Um, and in, in some cases, in many, too many cases, there are uh, folks in jail for crimes that are actually now legal in their states or soon to be legal in their states, right? Um, or, or people that have served some prison time and now have a, a, a record that has prevented them for years or decades from getting gainful employment. For what? For something that people now do freely and openly with, mm-hmm. with no legal repercussions. Um, and in fact, make money from it. In fact, you can trade it on, on, on the stock exchange, you know, in Canada, like, so that needs to change urgently. Uh, and in order to do that, you, you, you don't longer have to fight the stigma because over 65% right. of New Jersey voters, as an example, voted for it. You know, Montana voted for it. Montana's historically a more conservative state. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have a political issue anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you really have a, and, and you'll see this year, New York, New York State is going to happen. Pennsylvania will likely happen. Um, Virginia will likely happen. Um, maybe all the first six months of the year. And then there'll be large-scale federal reform. Uh, not up to federal legalization, I don't believe. Not this year. Um, but, but significant federal reform and a significant bolstering of the infrastructure for cannabis and an investment Maybe not an investment directly by feds, but at least a, hey, maybe you can keep more of your tax revenue in here. You can do some normal banking stuff. Some of these companies can't even get a, you know, a, a payday like or a, a payroll loan, which is an easy loan to get. You should be able to get for cheap. You just can't get it. So you're hindered. You're doing this whole thing with one hand tied behind your back. So it's a long-winded way of saying that, like, I'm just appreciating the opportunity to be here and appreciating the opportunity that we have with the team we've built um, and with bringing in uh, Valerie into the industry, who's mm-hmm. not a typical cannabis person. She comes from, you know, decades of technology and worked on supercomputers in France, right? She's a genius. Right. And... Um, she's really passionate about solving the problem because she also sees that urgent opportunity to create change. And so the opacity piece is part of what we're trying to 
impact is creating transparency through engine through the product we're building the platform we're building by connecting key high quality partners in the space to ultimately deliver an incredible job search experience for candidates and an amazing hiring process for companies and reduce churn of, a, of an industry that can't afford to be churning and has to remain compliant in order to get the you know the, the the momentum and the the tailwinds from both communities and the government that we inevitably need to create a, a million new jobs and to crack a hundred billion dollars in revenue all in the next decade and those two things are completely possible if we do it right amazing honestly mind blown there's so much that i think i've learned from today's conversation um really so much opportunity over the next decade and beyond and something that you mentioned about being on the right side of history just looking at how you know a lot of communities of color in particular you know have have kind of suffered because of the stigma because of the you know the laws or are continuing to suffer um, so I think there's some really great work that you're doing there and awareness that you're bringing to an industry that really touches many other, you know, we kind of talked about wellness, we talked about, you know, fitness, we talked about recreational, you know, all these kind of different aspects. So really excited to see uh, what you and the team at Engine and Flower Hire get up to over the next few months and, and beyond. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sloan. Thank you, Neha. It's been a pleasure, right? And I apologize. There's literally a there's a helicopter now landing behind me, so it's I guess it's good timing. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode, shedding light on a growing industry, discussing careers in cannabis. For more information on open roles, visit flowerhire.com and reach out to me personally for any job seeking or career advancement tips at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the show notes for additional information and more insight from our guest today, Chief Revenue Officer Sloan Barber. Be sure to subscribe and see you next time for more workplace wellness and career transformation stories. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.